0: Hey everyone, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com, and you're listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Okay, I'm back. I'm reading from John chapter 14, verse number one. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Let not your heart be troubled, You believe in God, believe also in me. And then skipping ahead to the 27th verse, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So a troubled heart leads to a fearful heart and the Bible says that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. The interesting thing is is that the it, the, the natural mindset today is a troubled mindset. And I totally understand why because <clears throat> the news is a constant barrage of uh, evil reports talking about um, lack and, and and violence and not only what's happening now, but what's on the near horizon. I remember the time leading up to the year 2000 when the news reports were just filled with um, bad evil reports, as, as it says in the Old Testament, an evil report about how all of the computers were going to crash around the world when the clock struck midnight. Because of the way everything was programmed at the time, there was no such thing as making a smooth crossover from 1999 to the year 2000. And that the machines would not be, and computers would not be able to um, cope with that because of of the old programming language and everything would just seize up and stop working. So um, you all know if if you've been around (laughs) since then, right? You already know that that didn't happen. Matter of fact, Jesus put it this way when he talked about the end. He said, at a time that you think not, the Son of Man comes. And I think that's interesting because most people think that um, you know, all we have to do is read the signs of the times and we'll understand that the end is near. And, and it's true, we are maybe we are in the last season. I don't know how long the seasons are. Nobody does. And there's a lot of arguing that goes on around that fact because people want to be right and people are afraid of what's happening in the world today. That's really the bottom line. They're afraid of what they're seeing happening, they're afraid of suffering, and they're afraid of evil. But the Bible says that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's the Holy Spirit on the inside. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Several times, you can see it in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6. He says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. So you may think, well, what, that may be just referring to the wars that were happening in the lifetime of those people. Well, it really doesn't matter because, you know, every single hair on your head has been numbered according to the Bible. God has numbered every single one. And I think the reason why people are afraid, because they really don't understand why uh, evil seems to be fault, some people and not others, and they wonder what group they're going to be in. So I remember there was a time when, and and this happened when I was younger, I I heard of people and I knew of them because I met them personally, but they went from rags to riches and then back to rags again. In other words, they had experienced incredible prosperity coming from nothing to achieve some great things. And then they wound up dying poor, broken, alone. And at the time, I remember that in, in my, my mind, I became fearful of that because it seemed like, did these people just draw a short straw that all this evil suddenly befell them? And there's warnings in the Bible of not to be afraid, not to be fearful, especially in the Old Testament. <clears throat> let, me, let me show you one particular verse that sticks with me. Okay, it says in the 91st Psalm, verse number seven, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. And you can see other verses that basically say the same thing that evil shall not befall you. But then again, on the other side, we know of people who it evil does befall them, and bad things happen seemingly to really good people. And over the years, I've looked into this quite a bit. And the conclusion that I finally came to is that um, each of us, at the end of the day, will stand before the Lord and answer for the things that we did in our own life. Uh, Maybe we'll be rewarded for our specific faith in situations. And maybe we will not be rewarded because we allowed doubt, fear, and unbelief to affect our decision-making process. But at the end of the day, Jesus made this comment when Peter asked what would befall the apostle John, John, the brother of James, when the book of John, the gospel of John was concluded. Because Jesus said that when he was young, Peter went wherever he wanted to go, But when he would become old, somebody would bind him and take him where he didn't want to go. And later in the book of Peter, Peter said that soon he would be putting off his tent. In other words, he would be leaving this earthly life, the body, because of what Jesus had shown him. And he would be going into the heavenly world. And we know that uh, according to uh, tradition, Peter was martyred shortly after that. And we hear things like that, and we we find it difficult to reconcile scriptures of protection with events like that, both in the Bible and our contemporary examples that we see. So when we see a thousand may fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee, we wonder, well, how does that work when we see Christian people being martyred? Does it Is it kind of like a, some people get this and some people don't? So when that question was asked, when Peter asked Jesus, okay, this is what's going to happen to me, basically he was saying, well, what's going to happen to him? Jesus replied, what is it to you if he lives until I return? You follow me. So what Jesus in essence was saying is, stop worrying yourself about the experiences that others have who are following me and you yourself, you focus on me and you follow me. And that's really the answer that I believe he would give us if he was standing right in front of us today. If you ask the question, uh, Lord, why did, why didn't uncle John receive his healing? But, uh, aunt Martha did when they were praying and believing does God simply have more favor on some people than he has on others? Well, according to the Bible, God is no respecter of persons. And I look at it like this. Jesus says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down. And we're in Christ today. He's the head and we're the body. And I believe that if you asked Peter when you get to heaven about this situation, he will say, you know what? he chose to lay his life down. It wasn't taken from him. And these original uh, disciples, you have to remember, like it says in Revelation twelve eleven, it says they loved not their lives unto the death. In other words, they weren't trying to live forever. They weren't trying to, quote unquote, escape physical death. They knew that to be with the Lord, like, like Paul said, was far better than to be here on the earth. And so their goals and their, what, the thing that drove them wasn't being able to have a, a successful business. It wasn't, uh, you know, to build a big ministry. It wasn't to get their latest book out there. It was to see people saved, healed, and delivered from one day to the next and do accomplish the mission that God put them here to do. They looked in the, at their lives like a soldier being enlisted in an army. They were here to fight a war. And you know, just like soldiers in real life, they're here for a season and then that's it. They're sent back home. So they're here to fight and their commander determines when it's time for that, for that period of service to come to a conclusion. I'm talking about Soldiers in the middle of, of battle. You know, sometimes um, I recently saw a, a documentary about a soldier and he was in the Iraq um, area for quite a few different tours and they were trying to help this particular village, but there were enemy factions in the village that didn't want the help and they wanted to basically take over that particular village and a lot of people died a lot of good people that were just trying to help and he was wounded it was only a minor wound but at the end of the day while he was recovering from that he wanted to go back out and start fighting again and his commanding officer came to him and the orders had just come down and they basically said soldier your your time here is done you're going back to the US. And he argued with that. And he basically said, I I feel like there's too much left undone. Too many people died. I need to go back. And I need to fix this situation that I just came out of. And his commanding officer said to him, he said, son, others are being sent to continue where you left off, but your fight is done. And I sometimes feel like that's really how God approaches uh, this quote-unquote temporary fight that we find ourselves in. The war is already over, but this is a rescue mission, so to speak, in which souls are being rescued against that day. Souls are being transferred out of the darkness and brought into the light. And our mission, we have a mission that God put us on. He is purposely connecting us with certain lives so that we can bring light into those lives, so that we can be of help, not just spiritually, but in every way possible, emotionally, maybe financially. Maybe you were called to be a friend to a certain group of people. I don't know, but there are purposes for you being here. There's a mission, and there are people that you've been assigned to, And I don't know how long that mission will last, but I know that we can liken it to many things, to a tree growing fruit. We can liken it to a military mission as they did in uh, the letters. It says, no man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And so you can see that as as a soldier, you're not worried about what's happening in other countries. You're not even necessarily worried what's happening in other battles around you that may be 100 or 200 miles away because you have to focus on your battle and where you're fighting and the enemy that's in front of you at any any given point in time. So I'm putting these thoughts out there because I'm not trying to create a, a hard and fast doctrine or teaching about how things work or how they don't work. I'm putting this out there so you can refresh and do a reset with your own thinking. Because a lot of you are worried and troubled by all of the neg- negativity you have. <clears throat> and that negativity has such an addictive quality to it that you find yourself drawn to it like a moth to a flame. And it's troubling your heart and it's affecting every area of your life. So you may need to unplug from the internet and you can tell any addiction, there is a time of withdrawal. Some people are so addicted to the news that if they don't see the news, then they become troubled. They're troubled. That troubled thing in them needs to be fed more negativity. And so it becomes a terrible system, which takes everything down. It's kind of like eating junk food, never eating anything that's natural, health, naturally healthy for your body again. It's like living on junk food. And there's a certain high that comes with it, but then you just crash lower and lower every time until eventually your body will just die from a lack of nutrition. And so your spirit, man, has to be fed good food. The Bible, Jesus said, my words are the bread of life. He is the bread of life, and his words give light. They're the light in the dark place. So when Jesus told them at the time, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid – he was letting them know that he would never leave them or forsake them, that God had a plan for their life, that there were promises given, that they could pray and believe and receive God's best for that point in life. You know what? Jesus said that, and when he prayed before he went to the cross, he, he said to the Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And so when we believe when we have faith in God's protection, when we have faith in God's guidance, we come into agreement with what Jesus said, I pray that you keep them from the evil one. And that doesn't mean that we never experience test trials or tribulation. What it means is those things don't insert themselves into our hearts and destroy us. Those things don't cripple our faith. Those things don't cause us to throw up our hands in discouragement and just walk away from it all. So I just encourage you to take a look at what you're investing your time in listening to, seeing with your eyes, hearing with your ears, and absorbing, and the effect that it has on you. Is your heart troubled? Is fear starting to enter in? Well, then you know that you have to unplug yourself from some of these things, most of these things, because you can't keep <clears throat> Excuse me, exposing yourself to them day after day after day after day, and expect good things to happen in your heart in your life because the heart is the center of everything that's why Jesus said to above all, you have to guard your heart so one of the some of the things I've been doing in my personal life is I've disconnected not a hundred percent but with increasing regularity from what's happening in the news because the news is like a like a vicious roller coaster. One day it's up, one day it's down. I've tried to disconnect myself from people's opinion pieces and you know, I used to find myself addicted to other people's opinions. Especially people that I admired their opinion and I had somewhat a little bit of faith in their insight. I've even disconnected from that because at the end of the day I'm not following them. I'm following God, right? I'm trying to do the best that I can do with the tools that I have today. I'm not trying to forecast into what may happen tomorrow. Sometimes I'll actually project a worst case scenario. And then I would ask myself, would God help me if it came to that? Not would God allow it to get to that? Because then that questions, that brings up questions that really don't have any good answers. I just say, if I was in this position, would God help me get out of that position? And the answer is always yes. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. So I choose to hang on to scriptures like Psalm 91 7. A thousand may fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh to thee. Another translation puts it this way, If a thousand fall at your side or 10,000 at your right hand, it will not overcome you. Another translation says it will not come, it will not reach you. Okay, so that's all I really have for you today. Thank you for listening. And again, if you've never signed up for the update list, go ahead and go to www.faithtestifyfire.com. Sign up for the update list there. And this is Jim. Uh, Thanks for being with me today, and I'll see you next week.